Jaina, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited for this conversation. Me too, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I want to tell you a little story because I don't think I've ever told you before, but when I first met you, I came to Tantris and I was visiting LA and it was shortly after it opened or the first time I'd been there anyway. And I was really excited to meet Russell. I was really excited to be at Tantris and you and Russell were leading the class together. And when I left, I felt like, no, it was Shana that I really came to meet. It was Shana that you just blew me away with your energy. So, yeah, so grateful that you can be here with me today and share everything you're doing, which I think is really exciting. So do you want to just introduce yourself and your work to people to start with? Thank you for that sweet introduction. I love knowing that. Um, yes, I'm Shana, and well, as you know now from Kate, I am a yoga teacher, and that's how we met. And I've been teaching yoga for 16 years now. It's been a long time, and yoga has evolved a lot. And um, I've also, I'm also a health coach, so kind of like you, you know, I used to be like really into the raw food, and I'm really about like functional nutrition and like eating in a way that inspires creativity and flow and connection to source. Um, and so I, I've also explored that realm. I do a lot of coaching primarily with women um, around self-love and I do business coaching for yoga teachers as well. But my, my, <laughs> my dharma, if you will, is um, around women's sensuality and self-love again. I just graduated from a five-week Dao Tantric Arts teacher training, which felt cherry on top, the cherry on top of all of these years of, you know, the yoga, yes, the spirituality, yes, the nutrition, yes. And there was, there was something that was kind of missing and I could sense that my students were hungry for more. And, um, and so that's, that's where I'm at now is, you know, diving deeper into women's sensuality, the divine feminine empowerment, and really just going back to a lot of these lost sacred arts around women's sexuality, women's sensuality, uh, so that we can understand ourselves <laughs> on every uh, on every level, physically, energetically, and spiritually. Beautiful. Well, I feel like we could talk for an hour just on, we could talk for an hour on unicorns. <laughs> we could talk for an hour on Erewhon. <laughs> like I could talk all day about Erewhon. <laughs> For sure, that is absolutely correct. <laughs> today we're here to talk about divine feminine. So, would you love to say to us what does divine feminine mean to you? Gosh, divine feminine. Ooh, I get chills when you even ask that question. Um, you know, it's this. It's it's an aspect of of the universe. Ultimately, it's like the essence of all of creation. So, you know, we live, let's say, in a highly masculine world and society and i'm i'm trying my best i don't want to be um black and white here i'm not trying to see man or woman it's this is actually beyond gender uh but the the way in which most of us i'm generalizing live our lives is a masculine way of operating of planning of thinking of doing of especially in you know today's day and age with so much technology, lots of obligations. Um, it, it's it's kind of a cycle. It's like a cycle that I see for myself and many of my my the people I work with. There's like this sense of overwhelm, stress, fatigue, burnout. Like it's just there's something that's 
that's not working with the way that the system is. So the divine feminine, at least the way that I like to place it in the big picture term, is this notion of softening. We were just kind of talking about this before we got on the recording. Softening, surrender, trust, allowing, patience. These qualities that I think many of us when we were younger, for example, maybe we were told, oh, don't be so sensitive or come on, go and get it or try harder or be strong. And so we were almost conditioned to ignore our body's wisdom. We were potentially conditioned to ignore our intuition. We were potentially conditioned to suppress our emotions out of you know not wanting to seem sensitive, which I think sensitivity is a superpower and one of the most phenomenal traits of the feminine expression. So the divine feminine is truly just the other side of the coin that in my humble opinion will help to balance out our world. Each and every human being has a feminine component. And I don't know about you, but I am feeling right now in our world, there is a huge awakening, especially among women who are reconnecting with their innate power. I mean, at the end of the day, let's face it, a woman can create new life. It is so powerful. It's so miraculous. And to just sit with this deep knowing, you know, is, is something that I think that um, can shift the trajectory of our future if more women and, and the world can start to embrace um, a less logical way of living. <laughs> Beautifully put, thank you, thank you. Yeah. I think we share a lot of the same kind of entry points into things and when people are talking about spirituality and new age stuff it can seem really out there and really far away right and something that happens on another realm in another dimension but for me the gateways into all this was food and yoga and it's through the body that we access that so would you love to share on your yoga journey and how yoga and being in the body brings you into that sense of femininity and that sense of um yeah all those beautiful aspects you were just describing for us oh, oh wow that's beautiful kate because we were just talking about an instagram post and i was going to post something else and i'm going to it another time and what i was going to post is totally aligned with this question and it was a little quote i that just downloaded into me that said embodiment is the new enlightenment <laughs> and the reason i'm saying this is because to your point you know this meditative spiritual realm can seem inaccessible or like somewhere out there and i'm here to say no it's right here right now your body is the through your body only through your body and your senses can you experience that which is bliss that which is ecstasy that which is beyond and so you know, a lot of my early studies of yoga and meditation taught me, you are not your body, be the witness. And I, and even though that was instrumental, it was really powerful for me to create some separation between my reactionary ways and choosing to take a pause, become aware of myself. Uh, the, there was still a disconnect. There was still this idea that somehow my body were an obstacle on the path of self-realization or inner peace or some sort of spiritual enlightenment. So I actually started studying tantras because, 
you know, when I was doing yoga all the time, even though yoga did save my life in many ways, it also, because of me, I was using it in an unhealthy way in the beginning. I was overdoing it. I was, I was overdoing the yoga. I was under eating and I was still trying to escape being in my body, even though yoga is an embodiment practice. So the tantric mm, teachings, which are truly the other side of the coin of, of yoga, they're not separate, they're, they're one, uh, views the body as <clears throat> an instrument. Uh, tantra, tantra is a body-based spiritual path. A lot of people think of Tantra, they think of sex. It's really not about sex at all. It just accepts sexuality as part of the human condition, which it is. It's not condemning it. It's not judging it. It's just like, it is. It's, it's also sees it as sacred because Tantra sees everything as sacred. And I have to say, reading books about Tantra, like, opened up my mind to considering that, you know, my body is a divine vessel, that, you know, enlightenment is not somewhere out there. It's already within me. So, you know, that was really my gateway to shifting the way in which I practiced yoga, to shifting the way in which I took care of myself and saw my body. And let me tell you, it's, it continues to evolve every single day because there's layers there's layers, there's layers of suppressed shame. There's layers of, oh gosh, well, I dare not go there. So this is not just about, you know, rolling out the mat and doing the physical practice. Yes, that's part of it. And it's also about like true, honest self-love. Like when's the last time you really did look at yourself in the mirror and hold space for whatever shows up? Because there could be a lot of emotions, you know, there could be a lot of judgments. It could be easier to want to escape the body and, you know, I was always so ah, eager about getting to my higher chakras. And I just wanted to burst out of my crown into unicorn land, into the universe. Like I'm already there. Like I'm already in the ethers, like flying around with the UFOs. I needed to go back down and into the root because if I don't do that, then I'm always kind of hovering. It was difficult for me in the beginning to like, do business, to relate with other people, to feel um, calm on planet earth. Mm -hmm. So the tantric practices, which are also yoga, helped me to reclaim and, and accept and embrace my root chakra, my, my grounding, and helped me actually slow down. So it's, again, it's, it's, it wasn't like yoga did it. It's the way in which I was doing the yoga, the way in which I was nourishing myself started to change once I chose to see my body as a magical wand, as an instrument. Beautiful, thank you. You yeah. mentioned self-love and that's definitely, I think, one of the central um, foundational aspects of Divine Feminine. I think that we have to step in that place of unconditional love and acceptance for ourselves and we fill ourselves up and then from that place of fullness, we can overflow, we can spill over that that love to, to those around us. Do you want to share some of your favorite self-love practices? What are the ways that you get into that space and that you help other people get into that space? Yeah, beautiful question, Kate. I have so many self-love practices that depend on the time of month, they depend on the day um, because self-love, so this is an interesting thing because self-love is definitely a trendy term these days and self-care. 
And, you know, I see sometimes it's like, oh, I'm just going to go get a manicure. And that's my self-love practice. Like, I'm not talking about that. You know, I'm, I'm really not talking about those things or getting your hair done. Like, yes, that's, that's grooming. That's, you know, whatever it is, as some women do, right? That type of external self-care and um, self-preservation, whatever you will. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking more about, you know, how are you when you're alone with you? You know, I used to focus primarily on, on food and, and on nutrition. And, you know, I came across a lot of women who would eat emotionally, even if they were healthy eaters, you know, but the reason for eating would be emotions. It would be to fill a, a feeling of emptiness or a gap um, of, of unwanted emotions, perhaps, or a feeling of loneliness or emptiness or separation somehow. So, you know, it, one of my missions and, and what I do and how I help women is instead of going into a self-sabotage habit, when you're experiencing some sort of uncomfortable sensation or emotion in your body or your mind or your heart, is to take a pause. This is where meditation is really powerful because you can actually stop yourself before you continue a repetitive cycle of self-sabotage or an unhealthy habit. Take a breath and choose to replace that unhealthy habit or that emotional eating or that somehow, you know, negative act towards self with something that is more nourishing. So for example, one of the greatest self-love practices is, is uh, mindful eating is like, like having a date with yourself is, is cooking a meal, like planning in advance and preparing your own food. Even if you don't think that you can prepare your own meal, find a recipe. Kate, I'm sure you have plenty of recipes. <laughs> Find one from Kate and, and create it as if you are creating a work of art. Put the lights down, play some beautiful music that inspires you. When you're eating, sit down, you know, burn a candle, eat, chew slowly, place your hands on your belly, breathe while you're chewing, put the fork down in between bites like make it a sensual experience, make food a ritual because it is an act of self-love. It's an act of nourishment. So that's something, especially if you do have any type of food issues is to see eating as sacred. You cannot survive without food, right? So it's this interesting thing. You can't just not eat forever. Trust me, I've tried it. <laughs> you can't just do that. And you, know, you can't also just ignore it forever. So to build a healthy relationship with food slow, mindful eating, sensual eating, eating what you enjoy consciously. You know, if, if we're eating something that we feel is bad for us, there's a big chance we're just going to quickly eat it and then feel guilty. Well, so much for that pleasure, you know? So it's really about slowing down. And again, this is just the activation of the feminine. Um, some other self-love practices are, I mean, I have a sauna in my backyard that my partner and I built. So that's part of my every single day ritual, no matter what, 20 minutes in the sauna, a hike. I love getting into nature. Um, I also have some sexual self-care rituals, which include the breast massage, which is a Taoist practice for opening the heart and relaxing the yoni and the sacred sexual organs, the womb space. I do ovarian breathing, and I also have a, uh, a jade egg practice and a self-pleasure practice, which is my meditation, my ritual to once again, connect me with my root chakra. You know, I, I used to struggle with decisions, making decisions and lack of clarity in my mind. I could go this way, I could go that way. And even though I was adaptable to kind of all of it, 
the sexual self-love practices, especially the jade egg practice, um, it really like grounded me and empowered me to like get more clear and decisive with my desires, my needs, my wants, and my boundaries. I'm really, I'd really love to get into that a bit more. I really um, think that a lot of the yogic tradition, as, as you've been saying, has come from this place of lack of um, love for the body in a way. Um, and, and that is a lot to do with the feminine and the kind of repression of the feminine, I think. And it, to me, a big part of being here and being human and having this experience is this beautiful sensuality of the body so <laughs> that's it Ooh. I would love for you to share like that aspect of divine feminine that real juicy yeah sensuality of the physical experience that that's what we came to do right as you said we're spirits and we came to have a body we came to have this really you know down in the dirt with the earth experience so yeah tell us about that <laughs> such a beautiful full circle you know I find that I tell people a lot because you know it could seem like oh I'm I'm bad mouthing yoga no 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 I'm not like this whole this whole journey of learning to observe yourself without judgment with which yoga and meditation absolutely can teach is really important step on the path is really really important and then you know if you're on the journey and you you know because I never knew I was going to end up here I was kind of happy, like wanting to go be a monk and kind of separate myself from my emotions and from my body and be the witness forever. But eventually, boom, I'm back here. Um, so, so, okay, in yogic philosophical tradition, the cycles of birth and death, if you will, just consider, imagine, is known as samsara, the wheel or the cycle of suffering, meaning we're born, we live, we die, and then if we have not cleared our karmas, we're born again, and we live again, and we die again. And the whole notion of being born as a human, according to yoga and even some Buddhist practices, is known as suffering. It's, it's actually like the cycle of suffering repeats itself again. Like the goal of yoga is clear your karmas, clean everything up in this life so that you don't have to be born again. Okay. Tantrics see it a little bit differently. They, they call this life, this experience of embodied spiritual spirituality, spirit expressing itself as human, as Leela. Leela means the great play. It means play. Oof, I get chills when I talk about it because it's meant to ignite and activate that wow, childlike wonder and curiosity, the very nature of having a body that has so many erogenous zones. First of all, it's not just your genitals. You know, sensuality is subtle, you know, but again, if we're too much in the head or if we're, you know, overstimulated or desensitized, we fail to to notice the subtle and magical aspects of what it means to be in a body. It is a very rare gift to have this incredible system at your fingertips. And there's so much we don't know. You know, sometimes I think about it, the iPhone, like I know how to text. I know how to go on Instagram. I know how to go on the internet. Um, that's kind of all I know, but I know that there's so much I don't know about this. This is a 
a weird example, but this, this iPhone is capable of a lot. It's like a literally like a handheld computer. And I just use it for what I use it for, kind of like our bodies and our minds. I just use it for what I use it for. I take a shower. I go to the bathroom. Occasionally I'll masturbate. Occasionally I'll have sex. Occasionally I'll, whatever it is. But is that it? Is that it? These trillions of cells and bioenergetic functions happening on a moment to moment microsecond basis. Like there's, there might be something more here. So, so you know, sensuality to me is the gateway to spirituality and like coming back into the body uh, is, is, and seeing this existence of humanity, of humanness as a divine play. Yes, we, it, it's impermanent. Being a physical being is impermanent. Let's not try to escape that, right? Because I can get, I can see many people getting too lost in the plane. This is what I mean by having the yogic awareness of the fact that you are not your body, but you have a body. So while you have it, enjoy it. That's Tantra. Enjoy it fully. Surrender to it. Get curious about it. Because then you get to experience the merging of yin and yang, the merging, which is yoga, union, Tantra. The word Tantra means to weave of your masculine and your feminine, absolutely, and of heaven and earth. Of, of the entire cosmos and this earthly realm. It's amazing to be here on planet earth. It's so awesome to be able to feel and sense and breathe and taste and see and hear, you know? So it's really important, you know, what, what I guess I had to kind of boil it down. It's really about not taking for granted, you know, each moment that we are here in this body, mm -hmm. tuning in a little bit more deeply. <laughs> I'd love to talk to you about divine masculine because the way I see it is well really they're one aren't they because everything is one and there is no duality at the end of the day <laughs> but divine feminine is really about about service to divine masculine and you know we have a, you know there's there's a lot of uh awareness in the mainstream about feminism and then that often sees masculinity as toxic or women start to emasculate men and there's a lot of what I see as distorted feminine distorted masculine happening but I love you to talk about that and I feel you will have some insights into divine masculine through the tantra work that you do if you could share that yeah. with totally that's a, such a great topic yeah I mean <clears throat> this is this is a very delicate situation because it's so easy and sometimes like default especially as more women are waking up to realize oh my gosh you know like the men are to blame or the masculine is to blame and then there there is this emasculation that's happening that is not necessarily going to contribute to the awakening of consciousness as one because at the end of the day you know we each man woman whatever you uh, identify as gender wise each of us has masculine and feminine energies within us. Now, I think that just as important as women's healing work is and divine feminine empowerment work is, it, the masculine empowerment and the divine masculine work is almost even more so. If women have been um, somehow suppressing, for example, their truth or their emotions or their sensitivity, the same is true for men. 
and just try to think of how so many men, at least in Western culture, were raised, right? Going right back to what I was saying earlier about don't be so sensitive, right? Don't cry. So men are just culturally conditioned to be strong, to not cry, to not show your emotions, to just be a man. Wow, that's toxic. So it's an unlearning that's necessary among, I'm going to talk men right now, an unlearning and a reclaiming of, of the emotionality, right, of the feminine side. That's one thing. Now, to understand healthy masculine, if you will, to understand what it means, this also, you know, if you study yoga or tantra is Shiva and Shakti. Shiva is the universal consciousness, is the masculine, and Shakti is the expression of consciousness into the physical form or the creative expression of the one whole. So like you said earlier, there's no separation technically, but here we are in this illusion of separateness of the mind, and we want to know things, and we want to figure it out. We're just coming back to what we already know. So here I have a mug, and I have some some stuff in it, some adaptogenic latte in it. So if I, if I didn't have the mug, I would just have adaptogenic reishi filled all over my beautiful white shirt, okay? Um, if I only have the mug and I don't have my adaptogens, what's the point of having the mug? Mug is the masculine and the liquid inside is, is the feminine. So masculine is a container. Is, is a container, is a space holder for feminine. It's, it's difficult. I think it's difficult, um, especially because of how far we've strayed from this subtle, deep understanding of what it means to hold space. So for example, you know, a healthy masculine, I think is, is patient. It, it, it's, it's deeply uh, listening to the feminine. You know, there's, I think a lot of, um, penetration, like early penetration. I know that like sounds like what it is, but it's true, early penetration. And I mean that in all senses of the word, like more is better, hurrying, rushing, moving toward the target, as opposed to just be where you are and trust the feminine will take you in when she's ready, right? The energies will align when they're ready. So I think that a lot of, you know, what is going to contribute to the balance and harmony of our world and us as individuals and a collective is slowing down, uh, being a, a little bit okay, like with ourselves, being alone, um, especially for the masculine uh, and um, also communication because on this realm, here we are as humans, the most effective way to evolve spiritually is to communicate you know, men and women or women and women or men and men or whatever it is, whoever you are, you know, is to communicate, communicate about your fears, communicate about your desires, communicate about your boundaries. Don't expect the other person to be a telepathic mind reader and try not to carry assumptions or expectations because we're all on our unique journey. And I believe that we can, this wisdom is already encoded in our DNA, in our, in our essence. Right? So the more that we can speak about it and communicate about it, we can learn about each other as men and women or whoever we are and, um, and learn, to learn how to relate in, in a new way. Mm, <laughs> um, I'd love to get into some of the intimate stuff. I feel like 
we have so we're we're brought up to think we have this one brain here, right? And as we go on the journey, we realize well the heart is a brain, the heart was it you that posted this recently, but it's a well-known fact now the heart has uh electromagnetic activity 600 times greater than the brain so your heart is a brain and your gut is a brain we all know about the gut brain connection but i feel like this is a brain down here as well talk us through that and how do we um how do we like yeah how do we look after that brain <laughs> oh you are on point today miss that's so funny because i again i just i just filmed something this morning talking about the yoni and the womb, the yoni is the Sanskrit word for the vagina being a brain. I swear to you, I have so many chills right now. I was like, I'm freaking out. So yes, you are quite intuitive and quite on it. We have another brain as womb bearers, right? If you have a womb, even if you've had a hysterectomy, you still have the essence of it. Um, she has opinions. She has needs, she has desires, she has wisdom. And if we're only using this, right? It's really, again, we gotta travel down to our yoni. Again, this is the center for birth. This is the center for life creation. Our society has done a really good job of conditioning us to carry shame, taboo, judgment around our sexuality. Let's talk about women's sexuality for a second. I don't know about you, but I was not taught that my yoni or my menstrual cycle or my womb, I was not educated about how magical it is about the spiritual side of it. I wasn't uh, educated about even the anatomy so a lot of women carry a lot of shame and self-judgment around what their vagina looks like because the only thing they have to compare it to is what they see in porn, which is maybe some women, it looks like that, but most it doesn't. And so there's, it's very convenient and easy to ignore that area because again, it's down there, it's in the dark, might as well just live from here up, everything's fine. Uh, it's like, I don't even have to see it. We're cutting ourselves off from so much of our wisdom and divine guidance. Again, the divine guidance is not out there. It's in here. It's down here. So some ways to start tuning in are to look at yourself, open your legs and get a mirror and look. Now this in and of itself, even just hearing that can be, <gasps> whoa, like, <laughs> I'll do yoga, I'll eat healthy, I'll meditate, but I'm keeping my pants on, right? So tune in, if that's you and you're hearing this and you're saying, oh my God, like that's too much, that's like gross. Wow, right? No judgment, but tune in to whatever feelings or emotions come up when you're being invited to literally hold space for and witness your sacred womb space, your sacred yoni. You know, in um, tantric tradition, you know, the entrance to the yoni is called a vestibule, a place of reverence, a place of prayer. You know, so this is all about reframing the way in which we perceive our sacred sexuality, our sexuality, especially if you've ever experienced any type of sexual trauma, this is highly therapeutic and it may take time. 
And the Yoni, once you start to even consider connecting with her, I'm telling you, I've been working with people who we just talk about stuff like this. We don't even, maybe we'll do just a little hands on fully clothed, palms on the womb, breathing meditation. And all of a sudden she starts to wake up. She's not gonna hold a grudge and she's got her own timing. So being tuned into not forcing anything, this is like the essence of femininity, especially if, be, if you've been penetrated before you're ready, if you've, you know, again, had any type of trauma, she may be closed and that's okay. So placing hands in Shakti Mudra, which is the thumbs on the navel and the fingers pointing down in a triangle, that's like the womb mudra, closing your eyes. And I'll say something else in a second, but breathing into your lower belly and you can start to talk with her. You can, you can, you can offer some forgiveness mantra. I'm so sorry for not paying attention to you all these years. You know, I'm really open to the guidance that you have. Like that's, that's the starting point. And of course, looking at yourself, just looking, <sighs> breathing, holding space for whatever wants to come up. Uh, and of course there's self-pleasure practices. So you can use your hand, you can use uh, a wand, a crystal wand. There's different type of crystals that support different type of healing from self-love to uh, releasing dense karmic patterns or, or old traumas, uh, breaking that up, uh, or the jade egg practice, which is an ancient Taoist ritual from over 5,000 years ago to first and foremost, like reclaim feminine empowerment, strengthen the pelvic floor, increase pleasure, lubrication. You're not broken. Whether you experience pain, numbness, you have a whole history of not going there, now is the perfect time to, again, restore this connection. Doesn't matter how old you are. See, the mind does all this stuff. No excuse. Um, one more thing I wanted to share on this topic, especially when you're like placing your hands on your womb or toward your ovaries uh, and breathing into your belly. Again, as women, we've been taught, I don't know about you, but I've been taught, suck it in. A flat stomach is the ideal. I'm here to kind of debunk that trend as well. So from the navel down, this area that many women, for whatever reason, seem to struggle with, that little pouch. Do you know what that pouch is? That's your uterus. It's your womb. Every woman has a different shaped, not shaped, but different size womb based on her body. And that little, for some of us, pouch is your sacred space of creation. It's your creative center. You can create life there. You can create art, music, business, poetry, anything, magic from there. So I think back to, oh my gosh, like I was condemning my womb and trying to get rid of my womb and judging my womb and yelling at her, come on, why can't I just lose that weight? Why can't I just lose my creativity? Why can't I just lose my inner wisdom? So this is how deep and unconscious and subconscious this goes. Because again, it's no one's fault. It's not your fault, right? We were never taught. So part of my mission is to re-educate, re-inspire, to reframe, and to honestly normalize and celebrate women's sexuality as the starting point truly for a, an integrated holistic spiritual practice. And of course, because it's grounded in the physical, all of the insight that you get, all of the desires and the visions that you have, you can actually manifest in this reality. 
It doesn't just have to be a thought or an idea. So this is also the power of your sexual energy is that you can actually take an idea and make it into something real without effort. Amazing, amazing. Because it is, it's a big part of our power, right? So we're taught to just give it away to men, but when we reclaim it, that's, it's powerful. <laughs> Very powerful. I mean, it's so powerful that even just thinking about it, right? Like I remember the first time that I was exposed to these teachings, like I mentioned, I started by reading books. That was cool. That was safe because it was just, I can just read pages. And I remember in one of the books, it talked about mirror work. And I went to a workshop and I also talked about mirror work. We just talked about it. They gave us homework. Uh, they talked about the wand, right? The I, I purchased a um, like $300 black obsidian wand that's meant for self-pleasure meditation and you know, moving, and it's, it's really called, it's called a yoni de-armoring. So it's breaking up the armor from trauma. And trauma can be anything from being penetrated too early to just growing up in a society that suppresses women's sexuality, okay? And of course, it can be more explicit as well. But at the end of the day, um, I purchased this, this wand. I learned about the mirror work. It took me four years to use the mirror the wand that I purchased for a lot of money sat under my bed collecting dust. And then one day I was ready to put it on my nightstand. It sat there for many months. And then one day I decided to use it. It's a process. And, it, and I, I was aware that, wow, isn't that interesting? No judgment. Isn't that interesting? Like I'm, I'm, you're on the path. If you're still listening to this, obviously you're on the path. This is intriguing you. Even if you're like, oh gosh, like how do I begin? Or I'm scared or like, ew, whatever it is. It's a step-by-step -step process of reclaiming your, your feminine, your femininity, your sacred femininity. And once this energy starts flowing, oof, get ready. Get ready for miracles. Get ready for inspiration, divine alignment, all of it. <laughs> I think it ties into what you're saying at the beginning when you're talking about divine feminine and we're in this world of doing, doing, doing. And we always feel like, you know, we have so much to do. And in my work with women, I realize it's so hard for women to make that switch of putting themselves first. So we're very, we're very good or we're very well trained uh, because we are givers, you know, we love to give. So it's very easy to, to give to everyone and then put ourselves at the bottom of the list. And maybe this is a big part of the work is learning to put yourself at the top of the list. Yeah. But learning to put not just yourself, but your pleasure at the top of the list. That's like so hard for so many women, right? Oh, it's, it's huge. I was, um, I had a client the other day and right at the end of our session, you know, the, the whole like, you know, the, the, the takeaway was if you don't start to uh, like prioritize pleasure, mm. the things that you know bring you pleasure. And I don't mean, you know, sitting on the couch eating a bag of Oreo cookies because you know that that's not real pleasure because afterwards you feel like crap. I mean, like I said earlier about like sensual eating or getting a massage or a self-pleasure practice or Whatever it is, your thing, taking a class, a dance class, or something that feels good in your body, in your heart, in your mind, right? That may feel like, oh, but I, that's a reward for the hard work, or I don't deserve that. All of this stuff is going to come up. What I say is do it anyway. 
if you don't prioritize pleasure and then you're wondering why your life is not feeling good, it's probably because you're not prioritizing pleasure. <laughs> We've got to release the notion that we're not worthy. How is that serving you in your life? It may not be a loud voice, but if you contemplate, why do I feel like I need to earn pleasure? Why can't I just build it? As, as women, as human beings, we are responsible for our own pleasure in all sense of the, uh, senses of the word, even sexually. I hear a lot of women say, oh yeah, my partner can't give me an orgasm. You are responsible for your orgasm. You are responsible for your pleasure. And the more that you build, the more that you understand your pleasure, the more the universe, life, because just like the radiance of the heart, the energy of being in your pleasure has a frequency that will be matched by your outer experience. More pleasurable opportunities will come in. You're looking through the lens of pleasure, right? It's, it's very, very different energy field when you start to reclaim your right to receive. Women are, are givers and we're also receivers. We've got breasts that give, they give milk, they give nourishment, right? That's, it sustains life. And we've got a yoni, which is a receiving channel. So again, a lot of those um, sexual self-care practices like the jade egg, like womb clearing, placing your hands on your womb, ovarian breathing, connecting with her, asking her questions, journaling, all of this is a wonderful way to first and foremost, build more pleasure, right? Uh, because it, we may be desensitized from it. Um, and really start to move from a different from a different space. It, we don't have to, you know, struggle to earn the good stuff. The, starting with the good stuff, starting with what feels good, is you know, like wh why wouldn't we? It builds more of of that that fruition, that flowering, that blossoming, and and we all deserve it. Again, that's that's why we're here. Amazing. <laughs> Right. It's, it's frequency, isn't it? Because you have to embody the frequency and then the universe can match it. Whereas if we're thinking that we have to do the work to be good enough to earn something, we're not sending out the frequency that allows the universe to bring it in. So you have to embody it. Exactly. But exactly. That's that's truly it. And it's a radical thing. It's a it's a rebellious move. I'm telling you, your mind is not gonna believe that you're worthy. You know, all the stories up until now are going to prevent or going to attempt to prevent you from saying, oh, I deserve this. I deserve bliss. You know, like feeling good may feel strange at first, allowing yourself to feel good for no reason other than choosing it as a starting point to start attracting and aligning with the frequency of <clears throat> opportunity, magnetism, more joy, right? I, I say this a lot of time, but some people I find are very comfortable being uncomfortable because of fear of the unknown. What if it's too much? What if my radiance is too much? What if my power is too big? Listen, you have nothing to fear. You have nothing to fear. That's all I'm going to say is that, you know, especially <laughs> as the feminine is never just like poof, all at once. Oh my gosh, my light is so bright. <clears throat> it is. And as long as you're taking the time to tune into your body, to trust your inner yes, that which feels amazing in your soul. Because sometimes what brings us the most pleasure doesn't make the most logical sense, right? 
And, you know, maybe it's two days a week or three days a week. You, you know, you, you follow, you just follow your pleasure, right? You put the to-do list away or, you know, what I have some of my students and my clients do is they write a pleasure list, all of the things that they love, and then pick three of those things and add them to your to-do list. What are the things that bring me pleasure? Look at your to-do list and then breathe into that. How does that feel? Does it inspire you? Does it feel like an obligation? So sprinkle it in whenever you can. It's the same thing that I say when I'm teaching people about nutrition, if they don't already eat healing foods, instead of like, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. I say, why don't you add in some sprouts? Why don't you add in some broccoli? Why don't you add in some, and then they'll do their thing because <clears throat> the potency of, of pleasure and the power of, of you know, good quality nourishment in any sense of the word will absolutely crowd out that which is not moving you forward on your journey. Also, I'm thinking it's the power of doing things that are solely for you, right? Because when you're using the example of getting a manicure, that might be for yourself, but it's for other people as well. So it's the power of just doing things that's just for you. No one yeah. else. <laughs> no one else is going to only you. Exactly. <laughs> And if getting a manicure is something that for you, you're like, oh, I feel like a goddess. Like, I don't care if anyone else knows because I'm going to be sitting in my house doing nothing anyway. Great. Again, it's like what I said at the beginning of this call. It's really about your intention. You know, on paper, in the beginning of my journey, everything looked amazing. I was totally vegan, doing yoga for two hours a day, meditating every single day, living in the jungle. But I was using it as a way to escape reality, to not feel my feelings, to not be in my body, right? So it's really about your intention with how you're, how you're using it. Are you, you know, wearing makeup and doing all this stuff and wearing these fancy clothes so other people approve of you? Or because you love how it feels to be in that yummy dress and the silk on your skin and you're wearing it while you're just cooking a meal for yourself and no one's even going to see it. But if they do, it's okay. You're, you're happy with yourself regardless. So being able to get to that point where you feel that beauty and that juiciness and that sensuality from inside, do whatever you want, adorn this temple in whatever way you want. But if you're going from the outside in, oh, if I make myself look a certain way, then people will like me and then I'll like myself. You'll be, you'll be searching forever. Talking about creativity, I'd love to talk about your poetry for a little bit because I love your poems so much. I don't know if you've got that, the one that you posted this morning, if you, if you can read it for yeah. us. But yeah, just so tell us like, about your creative process and where does it, how do you get them? Like, because they're so good. Do they just download straight away? Like, how does it, how does that look for you? Oh my God, you're so sweet. Thank you. Um, you know, when I first moved to LA, <clears throat> like nine years ago, that's when my poetry was flowing the most. And I didn't expect it. I never thought, I ne never was like thinking of, oh, I would love to write poems one day. Not even, <laughs> not even part of my reality, but they would come to me in dreams and I would wake up and write them down. <clears throat> and they were flowing a lot <clears throat> at that time. I will admit that it has slowed down the more <laughs> I'm doing other things in my business and in my life. But when I sit down and create the space and <clears throat> commit 
to writing a poem usually it involves turning off my Wi-Fi, having a blank screen and having something adaptogenic next to me, I can channel um, the poems. But this is the thing is when I'm in nature, when I'm hiking or when I'm meditating, I'll get like one or two lines and that's it. So I always write them down. I always collect what I get. This is so important. If you ever get insight or intuition, even if it doesn't make sense, like jot it down. This is your unconscious and your subconscious and your creativity kind of speaking to you. And the cleaner you eat, the more you meditate, the more you do these practices, the more you'll be able to channel your creative energy ultimately, especially doing the womb work and the yoni healing work. Um, so I'll just write it down. And then later I'll go in because it's, it's not about only the feminine and the you know inspiration channeled through. It's like, all right, I got, I got some. Now I'm going to come in with my masculine. I'm going to, I'm going to create two hours. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to, I'm going to write. You can be creative from both ways. Um, so yeah, I, I've always, I like sharing wisdom in a way that goes straight into people's hearts and it bypasses the mind a little bit. And for me, poetry does that. I could easily explain what I am writing about <clears throat> in full sentences, but sometimes I feel like, why don't we just get to the point? So the post that I wrote today says, everything is working out just as it should. If I could prove this to you, then I would. But the only way for you to know I'm for real is to trust the process, despite how you may feel. If you think that somehow things are not in flow, that is a thought that must be let go. And although you wanted something different to happen, I promise you my plan is beyond what you could ever imagine. Love, the universe. <laughs> That's like divine feminine in a little. <laughs> Trust, surrender, tune in, hasten, like, this is it. And it's radical, as I said. It's like, I'm so addicted to having to know what's next. I'm so addicted to having to do something in order, in order to get something. That is the masculine way. Like, think about it. A man has a, a penis, a lingam, as it's known in Sanskrit. They go out to get something. The feminine <clears throat> magnetizes. She attracts. She's, it's, it's a slower vibe. It's a different. There's nothing wrong with going out to get, but what? There, there's something else here. This is where, you know, law of attraction, manifestation, all of these things that can easily seem very woo-woo, we could be skeptical about when it becomes embodied, you know, you're not going to know until you know. You're not going to know until you go into your body and you start to rewrite the script of how you're connecting with yourself. Because this is the channel through which you are connected to the spiritual realm and you're connected to the physical realm. Mm -hmm. And why not know how to work this computer? I don't care if you don't know how to use your iPhone. When you know how to work this biocomputer, you can literally have everything you want <clears throat> I guess without so, being attacked. <laughs> I guess that's my question really, is you're just in a state of flow and they just come to you, the poems. Do you have a yes. sense of where they come from? Gosh. I don't know. They come, <laughs> they come to me. They come to me. The pieces come to me in dreams. Um, I love rhythm. I, you know, I grew up loving um, like hip hop music. And so there's something about rhythm 
And, um, and of course, a lot of it comes through life experience. So I'm also educating while I'm sharing a poem. A lot of it has to do with navigating life's inevitable obstacles and challenges. A lot of my poetry has to do with self-love or introspection or meditation, overcoming judgment and increasing mindfulness. So again, they're all like bits and pieces of how I've navigated the choppy terrain of life uh, into something more poetic. I mean, it's literally like Dr. Seuss. That's what people call it, the Dr. Seuss of yoga or of, of meditation. So it's very simple. And something, one, one of the reasons I love it is first of all, it comes easier to me than full sentences. It comes easier. If I sit down to write a blog, I'm like, oh my God, I know I can do it, but I'm like, okay, this is flowing easier. So I'm going to do this. Also, you know, there's something imaginative and childlike about reading a poem that rhymes that brings us back to that curious, you know, open space that we all still have, even though we may be in adult bodies. <laughs> so I'm really, uh, you know, a big part of my work is inner child healing is um, opening, opening up to curiosity. Curiosity is potent. Uh, so, and, and, and again, just igniting joy. Because once you read something that rhymes, there's a rhythm, there's a sense of flow. It goes in a different way than just through um, intellectual understanding. Mm. Yeah, but I think it's, um, yeah, my dreams, being in nature, uh, high vibe foods, all of it is, uh, and alone time, spending enough time alone where you actually have time to just like receive a download. If you're always talking to people, if you're always distracted, if you're always working, if you're doing too much, then there's not enough space for something to come in. Yeah, yeah. So last question you said in the poem, you know it's all working out. <laughs> I really, I really like 111% believe that what we're in now is just the most beautiful opportunity for us to step into a greater awareness of what it means to be human. And that means embracing our divine feminine, understanding our divine masculine and embodying this new human. And then we lead the way in doing that. And then I really, I really believe that we're just entering the most glorious phase ever to be a human. How does that look like to you? How do you see the world? when women start stepping up into their power and men in this way? Oh my gosh, I have chills all over because that's my, <laughs> that vision is, it's harmonious. I think we can restore mother nature. I think we can restore our entire planet. I think that the, the emotional like intelligence and the emotional maturity of our entire planet as a whole would completely flip. You know, I think there would be less wars, if any, like less need for, you know, governmental systems. I think that there, there would just be a very big shift into like the real understanding of the natural cycles of things. Um, I mean, I think it would actually kind of revert back to a more cyclical way of living in harmony with nature, with understanding, with consciousness. And I actually think that, you know, there's, there's so many advancements. I'm not saying, oh, we have to go back to being cavemen and cave women and, you know, um, that. No, I mean, the, the technological advances, here we are sitting, you know, like almost across the planet. I think a lot of this, you know, technology could be used for waking people up. I mean, it already is. And I look at, because I could easily judge social media and all this stuff because it also is spreading a lot of 
toxic information for like, let's be real, but I see it as also being able to spread the word of empowerment and of the rising of the divine feminine. Um, I see our world being healed as more of these practices are um, put into place. And it's like, what, who was it? I think it was Gandhi, but it's like, if you want to change the world, change yourself first, or if you want to, you know, save the world, save yourself, like be the change you want to see. It really is real. Like it, it's taken me a long time to really see that. It's like, ah, oh, if only they could be different and they could be different. And we complain and we blame and we put it out there and we wait uh, for something outside to shift. Like, again, the frequency is, is true. We're all energy. We're all energy. When we change our biochemistry through food, through the thoughts we think, through the actions we take, through the way in which we treat ourselves, we are microcosms of the entire planet and universe. So if I am not treating my earthly body as a sacred vessel, it's very uh, viable that when I perceive this outer reality, this universe, that I'm going to see it as somehow uh, disconnected and imbalanced. So the more we take care of ourselves, physically, energetically, emotionally, spiritually, our world will change. And I feel <clears throat> wholeheartedly our world is waking up. I mean, you and I have been on this path for a while, right? And I've never ever felt like I feel right now. And that's why I'm still doing what I'm doing because it's like, oh, we're at that tipping point. And <clears throat> Shakti, the feminine is not just flowers and unicorns and rainbows. It's also Kali and Durga. It's also destruction. It's also fierce. It's also angry. You know, she's angry. She's been suppressed for millennia, you know? So there is a shift that's happening that may not feel comfortable all the time, but it's always for the best. <laughs> so that's what I trust. So in my own life, when <clears throat> shit hits the fan, I didn't expect, I'm like, okay, there's a cleansing happening. There's a restructuring happening. It's beyond me. You know, so can we quicken our turnaround time to surrender and trust? <clears throat> There's a shift happening. And, um, you know, if you just open your eyes to it or consider, you know, in your own life, in your own body, it's, I don't think it's that hard to see. Shana, thank you so much for all your wisdom. <laughs> thank you so much for these amazing questions. As you can tell, I could talk about this for- Yes. Well, I look forward to many more conversations, yeah. real life conversations coming, maybe Bali, maybe LA, maybe London. <laughs> oh, all of it, please. Yes. Thank you so much. I really, really love and appreciate that you're doing this. It's divine timing. I fully recommend that people follow you on Instagram. It's one of my favorite Instagram accounts with all that beautiful poetry and inspiration is there anything else you got coming up any projects that you want to share with people i've been doing my big shift into my um women's work i'm going to be hosting a retreat in costa rica in march but the website's not up yet but it will be um along the lines of everything i learned in my uh tao tantric arts teacher training as well as the yoga so it's a uh, embodiment it's actually called the what's it called embodied wisdom yoga and sensuality retreat for women. So that's coming and I'll have some more stuff on the horizon, but Instagram is the best way to stay connected. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a beautiful day.